0: Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice.
1: Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E., with Modern Manual Therapy and my co-host as always is
0: Jason Shane from Shane Physiotherapy
1: and Jason is actually on a roll for some reason people think I'm the only storyteller here but Jason's (laughs) been uh seeing some interesting cases lately or just remembering some stories so
0: today he has a story to share so my story is I'll tell the story and then uh, sort of the theme of it. So I had a patient uh, referred to me, and he had persistent tennis elbow or lateral epicondylalgia. And uh, the person who referred him to me told me that he'd had it for about a year and he would tried lots of different things. So, you know, right away I'm thinking, okay, well, it'd be interesting to see what he's tried. You know, my first thought is, has he tried loading it? Has he tried a progressive, you know, strengthening program for it? Is he continually irritating it? On and on. So I see him uh, day one and he's an avid golfer. So, and yes, it is tennis elbow. I know on the outside or lateral side of the elbow as opposed to classic golfer's elbow. And he's had it for a year. He still plays golf two or three times a week. Uh, he wears a tennis elbow brace, sort of a brace around the elbow. I think he'd had at least two corticosteroid injections. Um, he had seen chiropractors, other physios. Uh, I think he had prolotherapy I think on it and I remember saying to him like well you know have you tried giving it a break I think he said he'd maybe given it two weeks off at some point I think Uh, I know he talked about how he'd get the corticosteroid injection for example on a Wednesday so he could golf in a golf tournament Saturday and three days later so you know, and he was looking for the fix. And he knew I did uh, dry needling, intramuscular stimulation. So he was keen on me trying that. Uh, but one thing he had definitely not tried is progressive loading. He hadn't tried, you know, loading those wrist extensors, those muscles on the back of the arm to try to strengthen the tendon, strengthen the muscles. So uh, I said to him, like, well, I, I you You are probably going to have to lay off the golf. You talk about how you golf, it's sore for two to three days after. It's sort of a repetitive cycle. So let's try, if you can, lay off the golf for a couple weeks. I think he said he couldn't because he had a tournament that weekend he'd already paid for. Um, And, you know, let's try this progressive loading program. So I think he played the tournament. He was kind of okay. Uh, He tried the progressive loading program. I did some dry needling, IMS, He comes back next time. Wasn't sure if the dry needling helped. And honestly, you know, he'd had it a year. He was still aggravating it. I wasn't optimistic it was going to provide any miracle cure. I've talked about that before. And I think I saw him probably two more visits. Uh, He always wanted the IMS dry needling. Uh, He talked about maybe getting another corticosteroid injection, talked about could something else be going on like nerve. And I'd done, you know, uh, neurodynamic testing, which was negative. I tested muscular strength. It was fine. And what he was looking for and what I could tell was he was chasing almost practitioners to see who could fix it for him. Like, who could he go see that could fix it for him so that he could keep, Playing golf without any interruption in golf, without, uh, you know, t- uh, doing a progressive strengthening program, as I said, not irritating it. And um, I believe the last time I saw him, he was going to go get another corticosteroid injection. And I think he was going to be seeing a specialist about maybe seeing if it was a nerve entrapment issue, even though when he golfed, it irritated it. And when he did take a break, it did decrease symptoms moderately. So the reason I wanted to bring this up and, and I, you talked about this as perhaps telling a story as a discussion point so we can talk about it was those patients who see practitioner after practitioner looking for one who can fix their problem without perhaps preparing to follow the treatment plan by a therapist who's relatively evidence based, you know, in his clinical experience as well, and they're just going to keep moving on from practitioner to practitioner until one will fix their problem at least that's their belief and i'm wondering what your thoughts or experiences are with that right
1: (laughs) it's funny i mean this directly relates to your last story when i said is that a yellow flag where she had seen like 17 different practitioners and she had the story and i think all the patients that i'd ever seen who hand me that list sometimes a list is just all their med. Sometimes a list is everything they've ever done. They hand you, and this, this therapy place went to, you know, they gave me this booklet of exercises. Sometimes it's still simple. I always say that many cases it's simple and, but it, it, in a way it's probably yellow flag. And I would say the biggest yellow flag is if they continue to see other practitioners. It's like, it's, it's like a pact that I ask my patients to do, especially because I'm only going to see them at this point. You know, in my career, I see people like three to four times max and, and mm-hmm. over over a very long period of time, not weekly or anything like that, is I ask them to stop seeing whoever they're seeing because they weren't really getting relief anyway. Like, just give this a chance. Give this program a chance. Um even if the exercises they gave you are great exercises for whatever reason, they're not working for you at this time. So how about you just follow my advice? Cause this is like one of those too many cooks in a kitchen thing. And if they are willing to do that, I don't see them.
0: Yeah. That's a good, that's, that's a good example.
1: Right. I think it's one of the, um, the things that's harder for other people to do because they need to feed their families, they own their own practices and they maybe even need to feed themselves. So I always get why people are, hesitant to let go of patients that aren't really compliant but for me compliance is is king and and i always tell people really like if you can't follow the program how do you ever expect a change if you're not following the program how can you say it's not working you know, <laughs> well, people say, it's how many say. Can relate
0: to that?
1: right and everyone can but i think that the one thing i really learned from mdt mckenzie is really making the patient responsible for their own program and saying you can't provide a fix and people want the fix. But I also try to make people realize that, you know, there, there is, there's probably no fix and people can only help you, your body kind of get in and, and mental state get into a better position where things just kind of resolve. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, it's, you know, I, I, it, it always irritates me. It always irritated me even like when I was a novice clinician <laughs> for 20 years, if someone has said, Oh yeah, and, and you know, my MT says uh-huh. this, my chiro says this, because it's usually like a completely different message than what you're saying anyway. You might give the most great tendon loading program and empower mm-hmm. the patient. And then they go off see their massage therapist and their chiro, nothing against either one of those professions of the saying any other, anyone else. And they're just giving like a really crappy, like, I'm going to fix you. Hey, how's this trigger point? Yep. And, you know, like, let me just, you feel better after that? Of course, it's because of me, yep. you know, um, regardless of the profession, it like, it's, it often doesn't do them any good, obviously, if they keep on seeking out other help well so, yeah that, that that's a yellow flag i a think flag. and i wouldn't see that patient i would say that's not my patient yeah
0: and, and you know it's interesting because uh i've like yourself and i think as clinicians become more experienced or slash more confident they feel more confident saying i can't help you if you're not prepared to follow this treatment plan
1: because mm-hmm. what else do you have to offer exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, most traditional manual therapy practitioners probably wouldn't believe that because they still think they're fixing someone. So they have something to offer even to the patient's not compliant because they think that the, the home program is kind of just something they're supposed to do as opposed to what what actually
0: cements the effects of the treatment session. And that, that is going to remind me of uh, getting you to tell a podcast in the future uh, where before you sort of uh, had your paradigm shift of, you know, uh, putting the locus of control on the patient and, you know, pain science of when you used to believe you had magic hands and when they didn't work. I would love to hear one of those stories of back in the day, but we are going to save that for another podcast.
1: Oh, I think I have a ton of those stories. There.
0: <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, Erson, how can people, uh, find out more about you?
1: Well, I have blog Modern Manual Therapy, subscribe via email. It's updated daily. So you don't miss any updates, uh, all my products and several videos, eBooks and whatever from other great clinicians are also on edgemobilitysystem.com. Uh, follow Modern Manual Therapy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, which I'm constantly posting. And, uh, also thanks to Uptalk Media for hosting. And how about you, Jason?
0: They can follow me through my Facebook page, Shane Physiotherapy, or my website, shanephysiotherapy.ca. And I
1: think we forgot to say, because I have 30 seconds to say this, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and tell everyone you know about the podcast. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Yes, share it. If you like the podcast, good story. Post it on your social media account. Tell friends to listen to it. If you hate it,
1: tell everyone how much about it. Because all we do is care about the shares. Even if you hate it, you share it.
0: I don't care about this exactly. Positive or negative to
1: us. All right.